Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Lame Man at the Temple, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, I am a little bit under the weather this week, so my voice is a bit different. But the best news that I have is we are happy to announce our new website is complete and running. Note, we typically use a hyphen when we print unchurched. However, in our internet address, this word is not with a hyphen. Our link is typed as a single long word in lowercase. The new link is http colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot org. Again, http colon forward slash, forward slash, the church of the unchurched.org. Our now old site has the required information to help you move to our new site as well. Once you are on our new site, simply modify your bookmark or make a new one, whichever works best for you. Our new site is greatly simplified for better maintenance all around. All new graphics that better depict us are used also. Again, more simplified and to the point in visuals and in content. We hope you enjoy our new site. Our old site with the new redirect will be fully closed on March 11, 2023. Again, our old site with the new redirect will be fully closed on March 11, 2023. Enjoy our new site and God bless you all. Our last episode was The Lame Man at the Temple, Part 1, posted on February 5th. Acts chapter 3, verse 2 reads, And a man lame from birth was being carried up, who was placed at the temple gate called the Beautiful Gate, every day so he could beg for money from those going into the temple courts. Why is this important? The mention of this shows that there was no deception in the case. The man had been always lame. He was obliged to be carried, and he was well known to the Jews. From Barnes New Testament Notes. This is important to note so we fully understand that a miracle took place here. So, we have an understanding that there is no deception in what we will read next about this lame man in our Bibles and commentary. Also, never think you are not useful to 
To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, The Lame Man at the Temple, Part 1. This week, our study is The Lame Man at the Temple, Part 2. Last week, we stopped our scripture with the first sentence in verse 6. For continuity, we will read all of the verses in this passage this week. Our scripture reads, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time for prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon, and a man lame from birth was being carried up, who was placed at the temple gate called the Beautiful Gate, every day so he could beg for money from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple courts, he asked them for money. Peter looked directly at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. So the lame man paid attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, stand up and walk! Exclamation point. Then Peter took hold of him by the right hand and raised him up, and at once the man's feet and ankles were made strong. He jumped up, stood, and began walking around, and he entered the temple courts with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the man who used to sit and ask for donations at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with astonishment and amazement at what had happened to him. From the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Last week, we examined verse 1 through the first sentence in verse 6. Our verse range of examination this week is from the second sentence in verse 6 through verse 10. In verse 6, Peter first states, But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. Then Peter continues in verse 6. He states further, In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, stand up and walk! Exclamation point. Verse 7 tells us that there is more to this story than just simply speaking. In verse 7, we see Peter do the following. Then Peter took hold of him by the right hand and raised him up, and at once the man's feet and ankles were made strong. As you can see here, the miracle happened when there was an action. In this case, when Peter took the lame man's hand and helped him to his feet. Then, his feet and ankles were made strong. Made strong? Only an act of God could possibly accomplish this, since the lame man had no supporting structure like crutches. Let us dig deeper to see what we can learn further. We'll start with what Peter said he had to offer. Silver and gold I have none. The man had asked for money. Peter assures him that he had not that to give, 
it was done, however, in such a way as to show his willingness to aid him if he had possessed it. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. So, as we noted last week, Peter has no money to give the lame man. Money was chiefly sought after in the two tier society of that day, meaning only financially well to do people and poor people existed. There was no middle class of people in these biblical times. The lame man was among the poor because working in those days was impossible since work in those days was physically demanding. Simply put, you had to be able to stand in order to work in those biblical times. Today, lame and crippled people have more options and abilities they did not have in older biblical times, such as the days when Peter and John were alive. In those days, for example, wheelchairs were not an option. If people had no leg mobility, crutches would not help. That is when a wheelchair is required. Wheeled chairs may have entered Europe about the 12th century. Wheelbarrows were also used. The first recorded use of self-propelled chairs, meaning a chair that can be propelled by the use of the hands, by disabled people in Europe dates to the 17th century. These dates are A.D., meaning in a time well beyond this lame man with the disciples. We dig deeper. Such as I have, such as is in my power, it is not to be supposed that he meant to say that he originated this power himself, but only that it was entrusted to him. He immediately adds, that it was derived solely from the Lord Jesus Christ. From Barnes' New Testament Notes If nothing else, this commentary passage tells us what many today forget. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are entrusted to us who believe. We do not have such an ability, nor can we ever have it within us as part of who we are. Remember. Doctors do not heal by miraculous means. They heal by understanding the human body and what can be done in a given health situation. However, God grants the useful care of these gifts of the Holy Spirit to us, his saved children. So, like Peter, we too can find occasions to use these gifts to glorify God. We should also ask, which is far more of value, having money or the spiritual gift of healing? For the lame man, the spiritual gift of healing was far more valuable, don't you think? We will see why momentarily. In the name, it is used, these signs shall follow them that believe. In the name shall they cast out devils, etc. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The expression means by his authority or in virtue of power derived from him, him meaning Jesus, we are here struck 
with a remarkable difference between the manner in which the Lord Jesus wrought miracles and that in which was done by his apostles. He did it in his own name and by virtue of his own power. He claimed dominion over disease and death. The apostles never attempted to perform a miracle by their own power. It was only in the name of Jesus. And this circumstance alone shows that there was a radical difference between Christ and all other prophets and teachers. From Barnes New Testament Notes Notice how this commentary passage opens. These signs shall follow them that believe. It is clear that one must be saved in Christ for these signs or miracles of God to be in you and usable. Notice how commentary reads immediately further. In my name shall they cast out devils, etc. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. There are two very impressive things that believers can do. Cast out devils and heal the sick. Notice the progression. The sentence starts with, In my name. It then tells us, We, quote, shall cast out devils, etc. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. End quote. We must also remember that Jesus did it in his own name and by the virtue of his own power, a power we do not own, a power that is not in us by design, a power that is placed in us that we borrow in a miraculous moment by the indwelling Holy Spirit. However, as we previously noted, one must be saved in Christ before the Holy Spirit indwells in us and grants us his power to do things God only can do. In fact, we are only vessels in the moment that the Holy Spirit moves through. Can you see how we work together? So remember this. We are here struck with a remarkable difference between the manner in which the Lord Jesus wrought miracles and that in which it was done by the apostles. He did it in his own name and by the virtue of his own power. He claimed dominion over disease and death. The apostles never attempted to perform a miracle by their own power. It was only in the name of Jesus, and this circumstance alone shows that there was a radical difference between Christ and all other prophets and teachers. Now, verse 7 reads, then Peter took hold of him by the right hand and raised him up, and at once the man's feet and ankles were made strong. Notice, to take hold of the hand in such a case was an offer of aid, an indication that Peter was sincere and was an inducement to him to make an effort. 
This may be employed as a beautiful illustration of the manner of God when he commands men to repent and believe. He does not leave them alone. He extends help and aids their efforts. If they tremble and feel that they are weak and needy and helpless, his hand is stretched out and his power exerted to impart strength and grace. From Barnes' New Testament Notes We should fully note the first sentence as there are three items of note. 1. To take hold of the hand in such a case was an offer of aid. 2. It is an indication that Peter was sincere. And 3. Was an inducement to him, him being the lame man, to make an effort. Are these three simple things, not being done, not sincerely, when done, the reasons why we do not see the gifts of the Holy Spirit at work through God's people today? Leastwise, here in America, this is a very good question to ask. No matter where you live, if you have not seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit emanating through God's people into those who really need it, then the simple question is, why? The answer to that question is found in the three observations we just noted. After we pray for a person to be made well, do we offer appropriate aid as Peter did? Are we sincere in everything pertaining to healing and the people we are praying for? Do we induce people to do something that is contrary to their condition, as Peter did, by rendering aid? If not, the question is still at play. Why? Remember, God's work started and was completed when Peter encouraged the lame man to stand by reaching out, taking his hand, and helping him to stand. This is how Peter rendered aid. Peter helped him to his feet by grabbing the lame man's hand. God healed his feet and ankles as Peter helped him stand up on them. Notice further, verse 8. He jumped up, stood, and began walking around, and he entered the temple courts with them, walking and leaping and praising God. From the book of Acts, Chapter 3, verse 8. How can a lame man who was lame for a long time begin to walk around? Then, literally seconds later, this healed man is leaping and praising God. This says something about the strength in his body and legs. This demonstrates clearly that God not only restored his legs, God did it completely. Even today, when someone loses their ability to walk, if walking is going to come back, it is not without great struggle and effort over a long period of time. This again tells us that God did heal this man of his lameness. Notice this. This was a natural expression of joy 
and it was a striking fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 6. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart. Please note, heart is spelled H-A-R-T, meaning a male deer. Continuing, the account here given is one that is perfectly natural. The man would be filled with joy and would express it in this manner. He had been lame from a child. He had never walked, and there was more in the miracle than merely giving strength. The act of walking is one that is acquired by long practice. Children learn slowly. Caspar Hauser, lately discovered in one of the cities of Germany, who had been confined in prison from a child, was unable to walk in an easy way when released, but stumbled in a very awkward manner. When, therefore, this man was able at once to walk, it was clear proof of a miracle. From Barnes New Testament Notes. The last two verses read, All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the man who used to sit and ask for donations at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with astonishment and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, we should note four things as follows. 1. The man had been afflicted from a child. This was known to all the people. At this time, he was 40 years of age. Acts chapter 4, verse 22. 2. He was not an impostor. If he had pretended lameness, it was wonderful that he had not been detected before and not have been suffered to occupy a place thus in the temple. 3. The apostles had no agency in placing him there. They had not seen him before. There was manifestly no collusion or agreement with him to attempt to impose on the people. The man himself was convinced of the miracle and did not doubt that the power by which he had been healed was of God. 4. The people were convinced of the same thing. They saw the effects. They had known him well. They had every opportunity to know that he was diseased, and they were now satisfied that he was restored. There was no possibility of deception in the case. It was not merely the friends of Jesus that saw this, not those who had an interest in the miracle but those who had been his enemies and who had just before been engaged in putting him to death. What we see here in Scripture is a true healing given of God through his disciples. His Holy Spirit aided Peter. He exhibited faith in God and his Holy Spirit. By this, the lame man was healed by the flow of the Holy Spirit through Peter. Peter was, like we are today, a vessel for the Holy Spirit to move through 
and heal the lame man. Peter only speaks and then aids the lame man to his feet when his feet and ankles suddenly become strong. Here is the miracle that God performed by using Peter and his vessel to flow through. This tells us we need to speak and care sincerely. We also need to render aid where it is required as Peter did. Remember, Peter spoke and then helped, rendering aid, the man to his feet where the miracle happened. That is when his feet and ankles became fully strong. If you have tried to heal someone, were you sincere in your efforts? Did you speak with full faith believing? Lastly, did you render aid when needed as Peter did? Today, the American church has greatly quelled the use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Many people, while anxious, did not fully understand how the gifting of the Holy Spirit works. It is not difficult, but if a couple or few things are not adhered to, we will never see a person healed when we pray for it. The lack of sincerity is a huge thing here in America. Clearly, from this examination, a big reason why we no longer see people with issues being healed. The other issue is the issue of pride. Many American people, not all but many, become filled with pride when they have had a hand in any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This pride is a very good reason why we no longer see the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. The church quenching these gifts today is another reason why we do not see these gifts in action. Is this reasonable? Are there not many people today that would benefit from the gift of the Holy Spirit flowing through God's people? I think you know the answer to that question. The real question now is, what are God's people going to do about it today? A special note this week. We finished our new website on Saturday, February 11, 2023. This did not allow us time to change our trailer information. This correction will be handled after the posting of this podcast. However, using the web address noted in our trailer this week will take you to our old homepage where you will find the new link to our new site. Simply copy and paste the link into your web browser address bar and hit enter. Then bookmark our new site address and you are done. Next week, we will examine our new study titled, Pray for Boldness, Part 1. The scripture passage for our study this coming week uses the word boldness, yet in the text the word is never used. Instead, we see the phrase, great courage. Then again, we see the word courageously. Is courage and boldness two interchangeable words because they mean the same thing? Is boldness a form of courage? Join us next week and we will find out. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow.
This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. Thank you all so much. God bless you all. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. At present, we are located on a growing number of podcast sites. So... You should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.